Welcome to the Two Dudes Reviews podcast, episode number one. My name is Jave. This is our interview with the illustrious Greta Van Fleet. You can check out more interviews on our website, twodudesreviews.com. That's D-O-O-D-S. And see the video versions on YouTube, a uh, channel that, well, screws us as often as they possibly can. Hey, it's uh, Two Idiots here. We're Two, two Dudes idiots. Reviews. Wait, wait, I thought we were Two Dudes Reviews. We are Two Dudes we Reviews. We are Two Dudes Reviews. And, and this, is, uh, this is Greta Van Fleet. Now, if I'm looking from, from my left to my right, Andy, you name all the members of the band. <laughs> Jake. Josh. Yep. I'm not sorry, guys. I, I don't <laughs> you have to realize I've been at a golf tournament all day drinking. Oh, so here I am. I just flew in like five minutes ago. Yeah, not uncommon for uh, Jonesy over here to be drinking. Oh, no. Uh, listen, how in the hell did you guys get uh, wrangled in to do this damned interview from a hotel room which is where it looks like you are or a you know, penthouse or something with us two idiots? I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, I got to say congratulations uh, on the immediate success of Highway Tune. I mean, wow. you know, I've been working in radio for a lot of years. and See the gold records on the wall? Yeah. There's a bunch. You know, what, this guy's legit. What this particular song has uh, has done in a very, very short order, just it doesn't happen. It just does not happen. It's been at least a decade since I've seen a band like this blow up as, as quickly as Greta Van Fleet has, uh, has, has blown up. I need to know something. Who is Brent, Brentna? Because the Greta Van Fleet is actually named after Brentna, yeah? It is research. She's I mean, We did. <laughs> Where we come from, Franken, Michigan. Well, it's an hour north of Detroit. Small so. little town. Yeah. But she's a musician herself. Um, and, of course, we had heard the name. And so we took out the end because it sounded nice, you know, and it's easy to say, and that was that. Believe it or not, I've been to Frankenmuth. Really? No. I have. No. I, I have. I have family in Flint, and when I was a little, 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 little kid, like way, way, way many years ago, our family took a vacation up there to visit our family and we went to Frankenmuth. Oh. Did, you, did you drink Bitch beer in, in the Frankenmuth courses when you were that young? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like seven and stuff. Oh, that's what we were doing. That's seven. what we were doing. Yeah, yeah, we were frankly drinking beer, playing golf. Drinking beer at seven. I like it. <laughs> so listen, there's, and I would imagine that because uh, you guys have been on a press roll for like the last couple of weeks, right? Uh, you must be tired of, it, of everybody saying, "Ah, oh, you know, you sound exactly like Led Zeppelin," and blah 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 blah. Uh, but you have got some really unique um, influences. I mean, you y'all grew up around, you know. Uh, Three brothers, and of course, the drummer is always the outsider. Like this dude's a drummer over here too. You uh, <laughs> my bro. So, um, tell me about your influences, and was there any purposeful thinking of, you know, even the mannerisms of um, of Robert Plant, Josh, um, on stage, and, and what you're doing with your hands and everything else when you were, you know, creating the sound and the vibe, and people coming at you saying, "Oh, you need to do this, you need to be like this," and yada yada yada. How much was that? It was just you. And how much was influenced by outside perspective, too? Uh, I think it's it's a strange thing. Um, all of us have such similar um, influences to those members of that group. Uh, I kind of liked when Joe Cocker was on stage, and that was really cool, the way he moved. Um, I like James cool. Brown. I like the way James Brown moved. So, I don't know. Um, that just came subconsciously. The voice, though, I think was just... The, the best way I could use my voice to get power out of it was was that. I think it just kind of sounded that way. But 
pushing. I don't know. It's like Daniel's the boat uh, guy. Jake's yeah. the rock guy. I'm rock I like roll. world music, and Sam's like okay, <laughs> rock and roll. That's very important. Don't forget the roll. And Sam's the jazz guy. It seems so. But it's like those were the. There's just so many influences that were that was, that was good, you know. And it ended up sounding kind of like that. So it was. Let's just say there was a very little of it sounding like that band, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys, you do have that. And 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 I was thinking about it today. Of course, knowing you guys are going to be on here and 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 I think the best thing I could say is embrace it. Right? I mean, there's it, it might not have been, been intentional, but how can you go wrong with that association because that association brings so much power. And then I thought about it a little deeper and I thought, you know what? What if you could bring the younger generation because you guys are so young? What if you could bring that younger generation into that fold of music that you really grew up with? I, I did do some research. I did look at a couple of other interviews you guys did because, quite honestly, this whole interview thing is new to me. And so for me, I'm like, well, what the hell could I ask these guys that they haven't already flipping heard before? So here's my question, Josh World Music, Jake Drummer. Because I've been a drummer since I was 11 years old, which is a damn long time ago. All right, get to your question. Who wins, Jembe or Cajon? <laughs> Jembe wins. Jembe wins. Jembe, Always why? Win. It's more fun to play. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, bro. I was kind of looking at it as if each one had a knife, who would win in the knife fight? What, a Jembe <laughs> player or a Cajon player? <laughs> a Cajon player. <laughs> Depends on which one has been drinking more. Shit, yeah. So listen, right. the whole purpose of what we're doing as Two Dudes Reviews is to really get back to the heart of, you know, back in the day, you used to actually sit down with an entire album and listen from song to song to song and listen to how each song kind of progressed into the next. And so with doing this, we've been doing album reviews and going through each song and listening to a minute, minute and a half of each one and then talking a little bit about it. Now, Highway Tune, we've already kind of, kind of moved past, but tell me about Safari Song and kind of where your head was at with regard to, you know, the musical stylings of it, and especially uh, lyrically. Do you all uh, work together on the lyrics? Because the lyrics are, are incredibly different, incredibly deep, not your traditional, you know, 2017 rock lyrics, you know? Josh writes all the lyrics. Okay. Safari you were asking about, right? Yes. That was sort of, um, it was our... Um, it was our appreciation for blues, and that song was uh, kind of uh, that sort of, sort of, it was blues. It was us going, man, this feels bluesy. This, and so we got we got to zoom all of that sort of appreciation for blues, which I have to mention is probably that genre that all of us uh, have about as yeah. much appreciation. For I would say that blues is the glue that holds the you know prince uh, the principle or that. The base product of everyone's influences blues, so we had to come up with a song that kind of paid tribute to the blues, and uh, that I think that was very much Safari. Dynamite. Moving on to Flower Power, and uh, the, the the few folks that already have the EP, and they're growing proportionately every day. Sure. Um, I hear a lot of people saying, "Man." Out of the four songs, my favorite one is Flower Power. The first time I heard it, I went, wow, it sounds like going to California. Maybe she talks to angels from, from the Black Crows. Right. Um, it, were you influenced highly by either one of those bands or songs in the writing of uh, Flower Power? That song was interesting because that was one of those that we felt it was already written and it's floating around in the universe because I think we really tapped into a musical well there because Jake just started playing a couple of chords on the guitar. I sat down on Orient 
started playing it, Josh just went through right there. Yeah, that that came together in one day. That wrote itself. Really. So I think that was about I, three, yeah. four years ago, four years ago. I had a, I had a friend that was hanging four out at our at our house in the garage, and he said, "I'm gonna leave. I have to go do some stuff, but I'll be back later tonight." And I was doing that, and Sam jumped on the keys, and he's like, "Well, that sounds pretty cool." I was like, "No, this is a hit right here. <laughs> Come back." Thing <laughs> demo and finished. By the time you get back, I did. And we had the whole thing done in under like nine hours. That's kind of like, for me, as far as the lyrics and that um, the vocal melody and what I got out of the essence of that song was that stuff that was coming out of San Francisco during the late 60s. Yeah. You know? That song is very Brett Van Fleet in terms of our writing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that structure. That was funny because later, uh, I don't know if you familiar familiar with Punch Andrews. That's Bob Seger's manager. Okay. He he uh, he came when he heard the song. He said that that's a hit. So I, I get I get it now. He liked the, the, he liked the live version, version more than he liked the recorded version. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I gotta tell you guys, when this guy hears a song and says it's a hit, it's it's like that. I don't know that guy, but this guy here. No, seriously. So we were hanging out one night. I got to tell you how I felt. I, I heard about you because this guy has turned me on to more music than anybody I've ever known in my life that was really good. And he's been in the radio industry for a really long time. And so when I hear something Hang and he on a says, second, grab my wallet. this is going to be badass, um, I, I listen. And I, I've been a musician my whole life, so I listen to what you guys are doing fucking spot on. I, I gotta say, right on. I love it. Keep doing it. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that it's only an EP and not a full album. And we're gonna get to that. But finally, on the EP, um, it, and, and I, I listen to the music and the songs in like different headspaces, different environments. Sometimes I'm drunk. Sometimes it's first thing in the morning. Sometimes it's when I've gotten off of work and I'm just tired. Sometimes it's first thing in the morning and you're drunk. Could be. Um, and, I, and I heard Black Smoke Rising coming uh, away from uh, a, uh, you know, an episode of Drinking on the Patio, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. And it immediately hit me as, oh, my God, so memorable. And every time I go back through the EP, that's the one that sticks out. Um, tell me about Black Smoke Rising and why did you guys decide to call the EP Black Smoke Rising? That's my personal favorite. Uh, oh. And it's contemporary, <laughs> contemporary song on that uh, EP. Uh, most of those songs are written three, three four years ago. Actually, you know, it seems to, it goes about, it, it's about, it goes from four years, three, three, two, one, you know. So that was the most contemporary, that was written about a year ago. And I think that that's kind of more or less the evolution of this, 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 this music that we're making together. And uh, it seems to be more going in that direction. And I think it has a lot more uh, depth and, and meaning and is a good reflection of what's going on in the world today and, and how uh, that's sort of all, 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 always been the case, you know, as far back as, we're, as we know, you know? We can only continue to evolve. And that, yeah, that was the... It's an archetype, you know, the, 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 the tower and the black smoke and, the, you know, and the, the, the rebellion that follows. This was stuff that was being written about the fall of the Roman Empire, you know? Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. So Andy was mentioning earlier he's bummed that, uh, that there's only an EP available for human consumption right now. But um, in looking at, you know, 
you can only trust Wikipedia so much. I don't know if you guys control your own Wikipedia or not, but from what I got doing a little bit of research, you guys actually have several other songs written and ready to come out. You're going to release little EP, little EP, little EP. What, over the span of the next two years by the time you get to an album, or should we be hearing four more new songs from Greta Van Fleet here in another four months? I think what Wikipedia, that's what Wikipedia says. Because I have not read that. <laughs> You're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're full of shit. <laughs> you guys can't have only four songs. Let's talk about it. What we're going to have to do is give all the fans a full, a full length. Yeah, that's, well, that's what we're looking at doing. We've got, we've got more than just several songs. We've got many packed up and you know, pre-recorded. So many in this repertoire now. Over two years we've been working with Al Sutton and Rust Belt Studios out of Detroit. And um, we recorded maybe 25-ish songs. So there's a, there's a lot to reach in and grab from, I think. It's now just determining what we want know. to do. Yeah, there are such a plethora of songs. Yeah, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. At this point, it's just kind of, you know, and, and, and the writing process is an endless process. It's a nonstop process. So it's, it's always a question of whether or not we're going to pull from the shelf or we're going to write something new or we'll put it together. It's really just in debate as to what's going to come next. It's just a matter of time. So you guys just mentioned Rust Belt Studios, and a couple of weeks ago we were on with uh, the the singer from Citizen Zero. Do you do you know the guys from Citizen Josh. Zero? Josh from Citizen yeah. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. They're they're in and out of there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We. we I want to see the we, tour. At senior we're acquaintances. Yeah. I want to see you guys. You guys and them. Unbelievable. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, okay, I got to talk to the quiet guy. To, Danny, how how intimidated uh, does it do you become when the three brothers start going to war? Are you like the peacekeeper? You got to come in and separate the uh, the brothers from scrapping or getting too uh, hammered. And and I know some of you guys aren't necessarily of legal drinking age. Like that stopped us back in the day. But oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, over the years, I've learned that it's just uh, it's they all know each other so well, and then, like I mean, I'm also considered not blood brother but a brother so we all we all have our disagreements and but we've all kind of learned how to talk to each other and communicate and i, I believe we handle it pretty well there yeah. there are a few moments where we butt heads but it never really gets out of control to the point where to. we walk away you used, used to, to but you know like, <laughs> as our music evolves so does our social skills exactly. yeah. <laughs> all right Listen, I, I know you guys have got a, a jam-packed schedule. I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time to, to sit and bullshit with us. Um, one final question for you. Uh, having parents that were you know, big time into music, I was the same way. I grew up around everything from my grandmother introduced me to Black Sabbath. You know, and, and my, my mom was always into Santana, and the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack was always blaring in the back. Or How Don Stiletta. Cool yeah, I know, right? You know what I had to listen to as a kid? No shit. No shit. Engelbert Humperdinck, Wayne Newton. Like, that was it. Uh, uh, what about Glenn Yarbrough? Dude, Wayne, no, and then Wayne Newton's a talented dude, right? He's a great stuff, but ultimately, uh, not what I love listening and, to. And I'm a fan of everything from Kitaro to Dave Matthews and to, you know, Slayer, Megadeth, and Fate's Warning. Yeah, without a doubt. But what are your parents um, thinking right now? Are they are they freaked out at all? Do they know what you guys are on the verge of? What kind of, uh, you know, where you're at right now career-wise? Oh, yeah. They're thinking, when the hell are they going to come home and mow the lawn? <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet you're right. <laughs> I'm sure my dad misses sitting on the back porch 
smoking his pipe, drinking a beer, and watching us do yard work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess no, I mean, I think we're really they're 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 all just as uh, sort of um, kind of uh, processing it still like we are. And, yeah, I think they're more overwhelmed than we are because we're in it, sort of the right. storm, and they're sitting back watching. So the yeah, they're definitely, but they're very supportive, so they're very happy about what's going on. It's been, um, I don't know that it's impossible to do it with, without their help. You know? Yeah, I mean, I some of those earlier stages of doing that. So yeah. Well, I, I just hope and pray that you guys can uh, can maintain as uh, mature an attitude as you've got right now at your young age um, to to never you know forget about. You know where where you were six months ago, really, and where you are now, and you know in three years from now, if the trajectory continues like it looks like it's going to continue, yeah, without and, a doubt. And you guys are, uh, you know, the adoration of, of everybody, and you don't know if the next person you meet is looking to get a piece of the pie, and who you can trust and who you can't trust, and everybody surrounds you are yes people. You know, I, I hope you guys are, are grounded enough to uh, to make it through because, man, I have faith in the youth of rock music, man. Without and, a doubt, without a doubt. That's Greta Van but, Fleet. But, but keep it, honestly. Uh, stay on, stay honest and true to yourselves. Be happy and have fun no matter what you do. When it stops becoming fun, anything we do in our lives, uh, then, it, then, then it's not worthwhile, right? All right, thanks, Dad. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Come on, I'm an old guy, right? Shit, I got kids more older than them, so I really am. I, you know, as, as as fun and youthful as we can all be at whatever age, that's what we all have to remember. And I'm going to say that because I, I really respect what you guys are doing, and I and I love to listen to what you're what you're playing, and and I can't wait for you to come to Reno and for us to all hang out. Seriously, so. Um, no, really, and uh, but but all, ultimately, you know, the rock and roll thing is—it's a hard life, and and it's hard to do. Um, and, and in California, you got to beware of the bong. Oh, whatever it is, right? <laughs> but but ultimately, uh, it's exciting. I'm excited for you guys, and thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to meet with us. Really, uh, it's, it's really cool. Yep. Thank you. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Right on, Greta Van Fleet. We are two dudes review. I'm sorry, John. I, I cut you. Can I say? Say it. Do it. Do it. Oh, I said thank you very much. Yes, oh, thank we you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's problem, do it again. <laughs> Without a doubt. We'll see you here in Reno soon. All right. See you in Reno. Thanks, guys. Yourself and get your ass over to you know what? You just fucking blow, dude.